This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BREW and get 10% off your total order. Now on to the show. up everybody welcome to another episode of the brutally speaking podcast i am your host john and uh tonight i am going to try a puff tart xl this is a beer from the brewing project um this is an imperial sour ale with pineapple strawberry dragon fruit and vanilla so let's go ahead and give this a taste huh that's a. Uh, Wow, that's got a <laughs> that's got a lot really going on there. Let me. Uh, so it's definitely sour, and what's weird is like the pineapple and strawberry and dragon fruit are all kind of competing for the front flavor of like I don't want to say citrusy, but like kind of those fruity flavors are like kind of really right there in the front of the the flavor profile. But then the vanilla is like so quick to kind of come in and try to balance it all out with almost like a a like marshmallowy flavor of sorts. Um, man, this is, yeah, I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> like I kind of like it, but I kind of hate it at the same time. This, this is kind of one of those where it's like you keep drinking it and you're like, maybe it'll taste different or maybe some of the other flavors will kind of present itself. But, uh, I don't know. I, I feel very indifferent about this. This, this isn't bad. It's not great. It just is. Um, so again, this is the Puff Tart XL uh, from the Brewing Project. Uh, it's an Imperial Sour Ale with pineapple, strawberry, dragon fruit, and vanilla. But all of that aside, this episode's guest is Porter McKnight of Atreyu. Uh, Porter returns uh, to talk about the new album, Baptize, which comes out June 4th via Spine Farm Records. Porter and I go way back. Uh, basically, he was one of the first, I think, 20 
guests on the podcast when it was still Johnson's Idol podcast. And back when the crux of the show really was me trying to get some of my favorite musicians to come on and talk about the things that they're passionate about outside of being known as a musician. Uh, So with Porter, it was his photography and, you know, art and all that kind of stuff. And we just kind of hit it off uh, after that and have remained and become really good friends. Um, Since then, obviously, uh, Atreyu has come back. Um... They've been, they put out now, I think this is their third record that they put out since they came back. You know, usually we have Porter on once an album cycle. So the last one was obviously uh, for In Our Wake. This was uh, something we've been kind of talking about trying to do a little bit more of a longer, looser chat. Unbeknownst to us at the time when we talked about doing this, Porter started doing Twitch streaming. So then the conversation became, let's try to do this on Twitch and kind of incorporate the community that he's basically created on Twitch uh, between doing his like Art Wednesdays um, where he does, you know, an art project or whatever, as well as playing games, doing just various things with the people in in the community that he and his wife, Julia, have created uh, amongst themselves, as well as Brandon and and Brandon's wife, Ash. Um, You know, they are all very good at, you know, kind of working together with their streaming schedules and so forth and and just kind of building a really great community and doing different things uh, that are unique unto the individuals themselves, but uh, they were kind of, the four of them really were kind of my foray into Twitch. Um, I always thought it was just kind of video games and stuff like that, but I've learned it's so much more than that. And when people talk about community and so forth, I think this is just a natural extension of the musical community that a lot of us find ourselves in, that we bond and connect with so many people over. This was really kind of interesting because you're only going to get about an uh, just under two hours, I believe, is where I cut it off. Um, Maybe an hour and 40. And Porter and I went for another four hours, four and a half hours. Uh, We talked for just shy of six hours. Um, So... I mean, just the gamut of things we talked about, because I mean, in the beginning, when I was recording my end of everything, it was definitely more kind of the podcast and kind of what I wanted it to be, Um, you know, talking about the record, kind of talking about Twitch, so on and so forth. And, you know, there's there's obviously some of us actually reacting to what we were seeing in real time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. If you want to hear and watch the whole thing, it's still over on Porter's Twitch stream. Uh, it's over at twitch.tv slash Porter McKnight. Um, the whole like six hours is there from start to finish. Um, so if you want to see an uninterrupted uh, version of the chat, there it is. But what's cool and what I kind of like about this idea is you're essentially getting a quote unquote podcast. Like you're going to get like probably what I would have done regardless if there were people there or not. But then if you really kind of want to see, I would, I, this sounds kind of pretentious to say, but more of Porter and I's relationship, how it really is when microphones aren't necessarily on and we're just kind of bullshitting, really go check out the video that he has. Uh, you'll see kind of a lot more of what we get into. There's a lot of really cool stuff and, and I kind of wish I would have kept it. I made the joke that I should have just... Uh, kept the whole thing, posted the almost six hours, and then been like, I'll see you guys next month and take the month off and just basically drop it either all at once or in pieces or whatever. But 
it was a it was a lot of fun and you know i really want to thank all the people over on porter's twitch stream all the people that i've gotten to know there's so many of you and um if you're listening to this after the fact um you made that night a really fun night for me um i don't often do this thing that i do in front of anybody typically it's me and the guest and that's it uh and people see it after the fact and then i kind of get feedback later on it was really unique to kind of get feedback in as much of real time as I possibly could have. And it was one of those things where I've always wanted to do a live podcast, but I didn't know if people would care. And that was kind of the intriguing thing was to, to see so many people literally reacting to the different uh, topics that we were discussing, you know, between sobriety, between, uh, you know, Twitch and the community and talking about the new record and all these kind of things. Like, you know, it just kind of made me realize like, Sometimes like there is something magical about doing something in the moment and kind of having an audience kind of participate like because it's in theory a once in a lifetime thing like that's the only time those those things are going to happen like it can't be recreated. Thankfully due to technology it's recorded so it can be seen whenever but that was just a real magical night like I, I had a friend of mine text me when we were done and she was like I didn't watch all of it but I watched most of it and that was really really awesome to see and really kind of incredible just to see you guys go back and forth and just have a really awesome and engaging and stimulating conversation for basically six hours uh, while incorporating everybody else into it as well so I'm gonna stop <laughs> basically talking about this this chat this is my conversation with my great friend Porter McKnight and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it <laughs> Yeah, I think this is your third time on because uh, you came uh, on the show when you were still living in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and you think I think you were living out there for another year uh, before uh, the next record obviously came out. Long live! Uh, then we, mm-hmm. I think we talked about that a little bit the first time. Second time was when uh, the last record came out, and it basically got most of you guys uh, to do various conversations. You collected them all and stuff. Almost. Unintentional Pokemon reference there. Yeah. And, uh, so now obviously we do this, we do this, uh, probably once every record cycle, but, uh, Mm -hmm. it's weird because usually this means when a new record's coming, that means there's touring coming and I get to see you potentially a handful of times. So it's kind of weird doing this and then not knowing like, Hey, in two months I get to see you. Uh, and maybe Julia as well, if she comes along, Maybe three months, maybe four months, maybe six months. Believe us, we're doing every fucking thing we can to be able to play a show again, friend. What's Truly. the uh, what is the sub goal to to get you to start touring again? What is that? <laughs> it's not we like had, it's a sub we goal. Hit, we hit it's, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you gotta you gotta convince promoters. You know what I mean? Oh, it's okay. just it, there's a, there's so many moving parts to touring again. You know, and there's also like the respect of all the bands that actually had their entire livelihoods canceled, where we were luckily off cycle. So like. Do we let them go first? How does this go? I don't, there's so many, so many aspects. Believe us. We literally had a meeting yesterday, day before that we're working on it. We got, we got, we got, uh, we got plans. Ooh. Yeah. I have, by the way, uh, someone will probably notice I have three different drinks going. Uh, I like various beverage options. So, um, respect. 
I have my water. What do you got going? I have water. Also, I have water no. in this uh, growler. That's not water. That's, that's, that's water. Uh, you'll see it when it gets poured into this because I don't <laughs> think clear beer exists at this point. Um, yeah. I have a nice uh, orange cinnamon uh, orange cinnamon roll cake. Uh Beer that I got when I was hanging out with Mark. That was what he ended up. Yes, for it, it's vodka. Um, that that's You're that kid in high school that just brought a jug of vodka. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then my last one is uh, this Anheo Old Fashioned that I looked up the other day. Uh, trying. What was the adjective to that? Anheo. Anheo. Got it. Yeah. Nice. So it's a type of tequila. It's a oh, different probably. take on a an old fashioned on an old fashioned. So, those are my three drinks as of now that I will have throughout the the conversation. I, I did um, love an old fashioned. Did you? Yeah, I mean, there's something you know. For as much as uh, we talk about uh, you know drinking and so forth, the brew also kind of for those that don't know uh, refers to kind of a play on words of. Uh, brutally honest conversations, um, something that kind of gets interesting and a weird knack, I guess I have. Uh, and I think Porter does too, is getting people to just kind of open up uh, to him or us uh, and tell you interesting things that probably wouldn't tell a stranger that you've barely known. Um, but the flip I side agree. Of- and you do, you, you do have a talent for that. And so that's why think, I, I enjoy coming on your podcast to connect to people and get them to like get past the layers of bullshit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Not just, everyone has the ability to do that. A lot of people just talk about the weather and what they've been up to in the last 36 hours and move on with existence. But I don't like that necessarily. <laughs> I mean, there's it has a time and a place, of course, but I like I like going a little bit deeper. Yeah, I think that's something and, that you and leaving I, the conversation enriched and uplifted. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's the thing that was interesting about when we did the first one was you know, I kind of was expecting it to go a little superficial, but not on your part, just on mine, because like I didn't really know you. <laughs> so it was one of those things to be where um, when we ended it's up so loud. It, I'm sorry. No, I'm good. so sorry to interrupt that. Uh, thank you for the sub, Abrokobo. <laughs> that is so loud. Um, is that really loud for everyone else? I don't want to fully you change it, it out. What is the music that you changed it to again? Uh, that's the what is love? That's right. That's Baby, right. don't help me. Yeah, I have to still dance. It totally <laughs> broke up. Sorry. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I don't have the steel. It's just too much fun. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Fina Babe. Hi, Stacey with an eye. We're doing a live podcast. Uh, I'm breaking the fourth wall or something now. Thank you. I appreciate you, Brokobo. Uh, I'm gonna try to turn that down real quick. I think I can do that um, on the fly. No, I can't. So we're just gonna deal with it. All right. You got to turn down for what? <laughs> uh, not yet. Once Tessie gets here. All right. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to kind of start off with. I know when we had talked about doing this, it, it's been funny to actually see you do some podcasts. Like I know my uh, buddy to me had you on his show and it was interesting to see the video portion of it because I know when I wanted to have you on the first time, I was like, oh, you know, can we FaceTime? And you're like, no, I don't I don't do that. Um Sure. And I think I even, the second, even the second time we ended up trying to do that, and you're <laughs> like, no. So I think it's really interesting and something I guess we'll kick off with to kind of correlate it to the Twitch thing is, uh, you know, you I feel like you've really come out of your proverbial shell uh, on this record cycle, it seems, or in the last year and a half, really. What has kind of been the catalyst for the change in that? I think I've had a lot of friends. First off, I've had a lot of friends kind of be like, into the Twitch world, Brandon obviously being one of them, suggesting I should do it. I'm like, fuck that. I hate being on camera and I don't want to do any of the things that I, you know, like designing or creating art. Like it's been a very like thing I do in solitude. 
and I'm the guy with like back to the wall computer facing me in the corner, you know? So like, but I've had a lot of, of other friends suggest. And then, you know, with everything that's been going on in the last world and I realized how wonderful of a community that Brandon has had. And that I've, I've just heard about all the different communities that existed. And I was like, fuck, I think that's something that will be important for me as an artist, as a creator, as a new role on this band and just at, at all in this band. Like I really like our fans. I really like hanging out with them. Like I started the fucking photo odyssey on tour so I could hang out with people more and have a great time and do all this creative stuff. And so I was missing all of that. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, yes, I hate being on camera. Yes. I hate working in front of everyone, but like, why wouldn't I share this stuff with the world? Why wouldn't I share myself with the world and spend time with all of these lovely people? And like, uh, there was also one friend that I will name drop, uh, Danny D. Giovanni, Danny Three Sacks on Twitch. He was he watches Twitch all day when he's working, or often when he's working. Hope I didn't just out him to like his boss or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, so he was just like, yeah, dude, I'd watch for sure. Like you have this and that and this and that. You're just so interesting with this and that. I'm like, am I? Okay. So I did it. And I was like, it's. I had to overcome a lot of fears and. I'm not gonna lie, every time I see myself on the camera, I still get weirded out, but it's awesome. And like the people that are listening to us now live, like they're fucking wonderful. Like it's silly how wonderfully kind and uplifting and creative and inspiring this community is. Like my my wife Julia and I, she's a part of this as well. She streams too. And we created that this community together and Discord as well. And it's just like Every day it's fucking mind blowing how kind these people are and how warm these people are. And that's like, that's kind of mine and Julia's goal in this existence is to like uplift and inspire and to help people grow into the best versions of, them, of themselves, you know, like not tell them how to do it, but help them find the best version of themselves. And then the world's a better place, you know, even if it's just one or two people. And so I know that sounds silly, but I enjoy that. I enjoy helping. I enjoy uplifting and inspiring, even if it's just, us playing games and having fun together or, you know, like drawing or whatever it may be. It's just fun, man. You know, what's interesting about you saying, you know, that you and Julia kind of collectively have, you know, set out a, a goal in mind uh, for what you wanted to do with your uh, individual communities between, you know, each of your Twitch channels, but then collectively between yourselves as the McKnight mm -hmm. uh, castle and all that kind of stuff. Was that something you kind of really sat down and kind of tried to, I don't want to say hammer out an idea of what your your channels were going to be, but being a little more thoughtful, I guess, as to what you wanted to present between the two of you and collectively and how to best uh, present that? No, there wasn't like a business plan I submitted or anything <laughs> to Julia or vice versa. Like. Like we both decided, I don't remember who decided first that what they wanted to start streaming, but we were both just like, yeah, I want to do it too. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's hang out. Let's do it together. And I was in California doing all the carry the fire stuff and she just like had time and got started, you know? Mm. And so she started before me, she started the, the, the discord. She figured it out. She figured out how to Twitch. She did all the tech work behind it. Like Shout out to her. Like she's, she's a, she's a wizard, wizardress, witch. I don't know, whatever. Uh, she's great at it. And I don't think wizardress is a word, but that's funny to say. I don't Anyways, know uh, witches either. <laughs> so then like, 
Well, they were, those were separate, but anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think we're just sharing ourselves and we're trying to be as like real of version as us as possible. And like, as I just described that, like, is what we want to do and create in this existence with everyone we interact with, you know, the basis of the NR wake album, like mission statement was my idea in that, like every person we interact with, we want to make their day better or uplift them in some way. You know what I mean? And inspire in ways that you never know you could just a, a simple fucking smile can make someone's month change their whole life. Keep them off that edge. You know, I don't know if we talked about this on that album cycle for in our wake. It seemed like obviously the, the theme of the record was very much, um, kind of, you know, like you said, what do you leave behind kind of, or what are we leaving behind? What are, how are we impacting things for the positive? I would assume that was kind of your thing, or did you all kind of collectively come to that with, you know, Brandon uh, and Alex at the time having kids and so forth? Like, did you kind of all arrive at that same mentality? Uh, no, for that specific song, it was a day where like, I mean, look, I'm surrounded by fucking silly talented musicians in this band. <laughs> And I don't always, and especially in the past, I haven't always spoken up. We'll get to that later. And so it was one of those days where you're in the studio and like, there's just crickets around. You don't hear anyone. And Feldman's like, what do we want to do today? Crickets. And I'm like, why the fuck isn't, I got an idea. And so I'm like, I want to write a song about like who we leave in our wake and our daily interactions and how that ripples out into existence in ways that we cannot possibly fathom and how you have a choice every day to be an uplifting, inspiring person or to be a shithead. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a choice and it's, we don't know how our interactions with humanity affects the world around us. Like, you mean, you don't actually see it, but I guarantee if you're a good person that ripples out more than if you're a bad person, sure. Bad news spreads faster, but fuck all that. I like, I would much like choose and prefer love over hate anytime. You know what I mean? So I think uh, it was kind of, it was kind of that idea. And then we found it like, Oh wait, this song's kind of about that. Like the six songs we'd done to that point, like this one's kind of about that too. And then it kind of spread through the album. And then after the album was over, I had usually left that into Alex's court was the wordsmith in the band. So I, you know, was like, I got to start designing. What the fuck are we going to call this? Like it's <laughs> kind of the branch and how I like, how I figure out the album artwork and stuff. And he was like, why don't we just call it in our way? And I was like, I mean, I like that because it's my <laughs> idea, but are you sure? And he's like, yeah. So we all agreed. I guess it, that's as good of a transition as any, as we really have to talk about the new record, you know, baptize mm -hmm. uh, comes out June 4th, spine farm records. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like, you know, the last three records really, I'll say you guys have really found a way to make a, a statement, not only with, uh, the album title, but also, you know, the album, the self-titled song on the album, basically, which came first was the album title first. And then you kind of figured out something and then happened to have uh, a song that Brandon maybe threw the song, the opening you're baptized into, or was it more of a, we had baptized, we kind of looked at everything. And then once again, it was like, all right, what are we calling this? Oh, fuck it. Let's call it baptized. Well, baptized. The song was written because Alex was on half of this album was part of half of this album, right? Give or take. And so he was there for that. He helped write baptize. Um, and it was actually 
credit where credit's due. Like he had the idea. He was like, I think we should call this album Baptize. I'm like, it's a good fucking album, but we are album title. But like we were four or five songs in Baptize was an early song on the record. And then as time went on, like that kind of stuck in my brain and I'm just looking at looking and listening to all the songs and reading all the lyrics and going all these sort of things and all these roads and what it could be. And I was like, honestly, like, especially after everything that happened, I was like, this is still the perfect name, like even more so. And a lot of the record is about where in our wake was that like external sort of like how you affect the outside world. Like this has been an internal one for us. And there's a lot about, you know, your own struggle to get up and be a good human being and be a father, to be a warrior, to be a whatever, you know, like in our struggle, like underrated, you know, we felt like us as a band has been, uh, for lack of a better word, underrated for a very <laughs> long time. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's kind of, it went from the outward to the end with that. And it just, like I said, with everything made sense that then the, the catharsis and reset that the word baptize <laughs> I love hearing this song. <laughs> Sometimes in interviews, you can just get like, you get tired of hearing yourself talk. I'm just yelling, probably. Uh, you get tired of hearing yourself talk and you feel ridiculous. And then now, when like, what is love? <laughs> Thank you for the gift, uh, sub, bro, Kobo to Pony Boy. Oh, that's um, legit. Thank you, Pony Boy. I'm sorry I can't directly react as much as I normally would, but I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you just got a <laughs> sub. Thank you, bro, Kobo. Okay, sorry. Sorry, no, podcast good. listeners. <laughs> ah, it'll be the beauty of editing to a degree. Um, ah, no, leave it all. Okay. I'll leave it untouched. More or less. Um, I'm yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, something I thought was kind of interesting, uh, being a longtime fan of the band that I was looking forward to was, you know, you're not new to doing vocals on the records. Uh, and I would say over the last couple, you've actually been more involved on the songs like even on the last record you had your whole your own verse or was it actually a bridge section i think right um so i mean at that point like you know you we've been seeing more or hearing more of you i should say but this is the first time where you're really really featured i know that i don't know if anyone's really ever asked you about your your vocals uh as far as like you know do you warm up like exercising do you take lessons and so forth but um, was this maybe a little bit of a challenge having to do so much and knowing potentially that you're going to be doing so much for the live stream that you were, uh, at the time working toward, um, did you go and seek out some, some vocal lessons or do you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants with that? Um, I guess that's a few questions in one, um, multitasking. Yeah, I, I got it. Don't you worry. <laughs> I can answer them. Okay. Uh, so every band before a trailer that I was in, I was a singer. Okay. And so I'm well-versed in writing verses, <laughs> writing lyrics, writing songs, writing melodies, being at the forefront of it, being a front man, what that takes, you know, both at a songwriting perspective and a, um, a stage concert level perspective that was worded poorly, but you get my drift. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I was ready for that. And I, when I joined Atreyu in 2004, I kind of stepped in as a bassist and I looked around and I was like, I mean, clearly I knew who they were, but I was like, you're a great singer. You're a great screamer, front man. You're doing all the lyrics for the most part. You guys are really fucking good songwriters. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to support everyone and uplift. And when someone needs help, I'll be like, what if you try this instead? Or what if maybe this lyric, maybe that part. 
So that was kind of my role for a very long time in this band. And like, I was happy to do it. It was not anything like, I'm, I'm just fucking happy to be there. You know what I mean? I enjoyed, I enjoyed the experience and I'm not a type of person that like, I crave the center stage or I need to be like, put my ego on fucking everything. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think after our break, um, after congregation before long live, I think all of us really had a good amount of time to like find ourselves. Like the dudes had never really done anything but betray you in their entire life. So they had a lot of time to go and explore that. I was already in graph, uh, school for graphic design. Like I already kind of was working in the design industry, like I, doing a lot of photography for other things. So I kind of had a, a rough base, you know, I did some wild stuff, but that's a whole other conversation during that time period. <laughs> so we all came back to long live, just fucking ready to go. And so I spoke up a little bit more and while still respecting everyone's space, you know, I think that's part of like being in a band was for someone with so long as you have to learn how to navigate and be like water for the, you know, forgive me for the Bruce Lee quote, but like you have to know when to speak up and when to not, and you have to know when to let people shine and you have to know how to help get the best out of your friends and make sure that like, Oh Dan, that part's really fucking good. Second part, uh, maybe just loop the front. The second one wasn't as good. Like you help encourage and uplift. That's not obviously a specific example, but so, you know, in our wake was a, with the way that we went back with Feldman again, who we recorded Let's Sales with, and his growth as a producer was vast. And, and he's always growing. He's always challenging himself. He's fucking amazing human being in many ways and forms. And he was more like coming from the viewpoint of like, what's the message? What do you want to tell? What do you want to say? Where's the hook? Like, and we always had good hooks, but it's like, what's going to, what's the point of this song? And I work really well from that standpoint. I don't work as well from sitting there demoing out a riff and trying to like record this whole song by myself in my room and then bring it to the guys and be like, what do you think? Like, I fucking hate that. I like sitting in a room with the five of us uh, and just try and come up with the best thing in the moment and have a good reflection of who we are at that moment. And that was what we did on Baptize. It was different than any other record and why that's different than any other record we've ever done. Excuse me. In our wake, we started that. Also, we continued that on Baptize. Um, so that's why you've probably heard a little bit more of me on uh, in our wake. And I did a, a lot of a okay amount of lyrics and a, a decent amount of like melodies and uh, I started to get into my own then. And then with Baptize, like I have, I, I had the ideas and like save us, right. That chorus. Uh, I wanted to come to the studio that day with a song. So I meditated with that thought and it came out with that chorus mm -hmm. and I showed it to Brandon when he got there and he was like, this is fucking awesome. So we just sat in the studio room. He grabbed a guitar, started playing a riff. Like that's fucking awesome. Then he starts singing it. And of course his voice is like 50 times better than my voice than anyone's voices. So sorry, everyone. Uh, it's just not fair. He's just too good. Anyways. Um, so like, you know, it went to that back and forth and then Dan and them come in and they're like, Oh, this is fucking legit. This sounds great. And so you just kind of bounce those ideas. And then this album was kind of done in two parts where the first uh, half ish was done in January before pandemic started. And the second half was done after pandemic started and after the shift, um, let's call it. 
Uh, and so, you know, that was pushed as well because we couldn't go in for pandemic purposes. And even when we did, we're all like super far apart and nervous and, you know, the data about everything was so fucking off. So we we're like trying to wear masks and it's so hard because you're seeing your friends again and you have to be there for work. And it was a weird circumstance, but we wrote some incredible songs out of that with just the four of us in there. Like we wrote underrated, we wrote catastrophe. We wrote uh, strange powers of prophecy. We wrote weed. We wrote uh, maybe some others. I can't remember off the top of my head. And that was the first time in this band where it was like, Oh, I have to come up with this now. <laughs> with with everyone and like you know so i would come in like let's write a song about this i have these this these lyrics or i have like this fun play on words let's let's expand on that so brandon and i would sit there and dan would come in and travis would come in and we would all help upgrade the song together you know what i mean and the second verse of a song called catastrophe uh you've heard the album mm-hmm. um and so second verse of a song called catastrophe is me the whole time and a lot in the past, whenever I was singing in this band, it would be like an echo of Alex or we'd go back and forth or I'd be a layer over this or maybe a bridge. Like you said, funny enough, I forgot that I did the bridge of Lose It back in fucking 2007 or whatever. Uh, when we were doing the live stream, I'm like, oh, I've already done a bridge. I was wrong with that statement before. <laughs> Anyways, so like that part, you know, we're sitting there listening, like, what do we want to do for this? We'd already had the music written and like roughly recorded. And then I'm sitting there and I, Lyrics, melody, well, screaming, but melody, cadence, and meter just popped into my brain. I'm like, I got something. And so I went in there. And that's honestly, it's that just in itself is hard for me to do. Like, it's really hard for me to speak up in a room full of five or six other extremely talented human beings. And like, let me go in the microphone and sing on this. Like, as daunting as it sounds to you, is this actually fucking daunting as it is to me? Like, <laughs> it's not to people like Brandon because he's a fuck has superpowers. It's just, like I said, it's not fair. Um, but at least he doesn't show it. I don't think he, I don't think he has the anxiety, but so I, I don't know where I went there, but so I got up there, I went in there, I sang the part and I look at the room and everybody's like, that was fucking awesome. Let's go move on. I'm like, cool. Like I do have good ideas. Like, thank you. Like, fuck yeah. Cause it's like, I'm rambling, but it feels like it's, it's a combination of like remembering who I was back then and remember the, the artist that I was and the songwriter that I was, but not trying to be that person and have tap into that same feeling that I had back then, but in my current state, because obviously I'm a lot, oh man, obviously, but to me, I'm a lot fucking better person now than I was then. I'm a lot better at everything that I do and everything that I exist as and for. So it's really fun to have this new chance and I'm not shying away from it and I'm not, worried about it like i said before like right i have said before we are kind of a band that's lucky to be like a never-ending fucking well of inspiration and creativity and through the various members like we always have something we're always going to come up with something and uh to answer your second question that first one was 90 percent of it 10 percent of it yes i did take lessons mm-hmm. um i have taken vocal lessons in the past but i didn't really need to uh, when I was doing what I was doing in this band before. So I did take lessons with Melissa Cross. Shout out Melissa Cross. She's a fucking wonderful human being and very, very talented. Um, so I learned to, and I just remembered it as I was answering Over your question. Learned, yeah. I just learned how to like, not only scream in a way that doesn't hurt my voice as bad, uh, but 
sing in a better way and talk in a better way. And I honestly, I, I've been forgetting it and I need to get back into those motions and that, you know, we haven't been fucking doing anything in this pandemic. So it's, Oh, thank you for the purchase fire Lord. That's so kind. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, and so like, it's, I mean, it's a whole like reshape of how you talk and how you like literally our conversation, the whole first half of it, I was speaking properly. And so now I need to like retrain myself to remember how to speak in a way that is not hurting my, my throat and my vocal cords. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's just, it's a whole reshape of it. And I, I love it. I really enjoy it. Um, it, I don't think it changed the way I scream. Like she does something called fry screaming mm-hmm. that it's uh, a lot of singers in our world use, but I just fucking can't do it. I don't know if it's because I've been screaming one way for almost 20 years or, or what, but it just, I can't do it yet. Um, but even, even what she's taught me, I can translate in a way that makes it better on my voice, you know? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I went on forever there. All right. Hydrate. <laughs> Um, how, you know, something you said in that actually was really intriguing to me, which was, um, this is now basically the second time in, we'll say what, like a decade or less that you've kind of all had to refigure out the band dynamic and how you all work together. What was that like going into this? Cause I mean, I feel like, you know, with, with long live and coming back on that, that you're then kind of setting and this will kind of parlay, I guess, into therapy because like something, you know, we have discussed you and I and on the Twitch stream as well on occasion is, you know, mental health and therapy and so forth. And something that I was struggling with in, in my life and in work and, and even doing this uh, as, as a secondary job, quote unquote, was setting boundaries. And, you know, something that my therapist had kind of told me is that, you know, it's one thing to set your boundaries, but if you don't vocalize them to people or tell people or express when they're being impeded on no one knows like just because you set a boundary you have to vocalize it you have to uphold people to it otherwise no one knows those where those boundaries lie mm-hmm. so i could see the same thing happening in the in the band dynamic where when you I come literally back, did that today by the way did I, you? Had a, I had a moment i had to do it anyways go on <laughs> um but i was going to say it would just seem like there would be that dynamic when you're coming back where you're like okay like we're coming back you know this is this was the dynamic maybe you know we got to figure out how we all fit together again and you know as you were kind of explaining that's you kind of finding your voice a little bit more than maybe you had previously and now here you are you know unbaptized and in the situation that happened you're having to reshift the band dynamic again and, and kind of everyone's got to pick up a little bit more slack uh, where maybe they didn't have to previously and I feel like that's a that's an interesting thing maybe that not a lot of bands will have gone through so quickly after having maybe already done it once before. For sure. Um, I think, and I say this with all due respect to the past and our history, but the majority of the, the core songwriting and the majority of the moments where the four of us are ready. So we already have a very, very, very good dynamic and we already have a very good writing dynamic. And like, you know, most of the songs we would get fleshed out almost to the end and then we'd be like okay alex here what do you what do you got lyrics what do you have do you have an idea for this where are you putting it and then he would give his stamp and then we would go bring it back in and all do it together you know what i mean hmm. so that honestly hasn't even crossed my mind until you said it right there like that is i don't think it did for any of us like hmm. and when we were figuring out what we wanted to do after the shift like we didn't want to bring in someone new that would mess with that dynamic 
we didn't want to bring in some new singer and like have you know our entire fan base be like what the fuck is who the fuck is this guy like what are they trying to do like we wanted to create something and it wasn't brandon's idea to do this to have like brandon okay you take over the majority of vocals and let's get kyle on drums like in 2019 we did a tour where alex sadly like three four days before was like i can't go to this massive europe tour where we're playing in front of fucking 60 to 90,000 people in Germany at Rock and Ring and Rock and Park or Slam Dunk, these massive things. We're like, we have to go. And he's like, I'm sorry. We're like, fuck. So Kyle came in. He was our drum tech. He's been our friend for a very long time. He's just an excellent human being. I cannot stress that enough. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, we had him come in, not even a single fucking practice <laughs> in stateside. We had one practice in York, England and nine tenths of it was technological difficulties. So we went into those first shows with like, you know, how the is this going to go? Well, what the fuck's going to happen? Like, Oh goodness. And it was really fun. It was really, really fun. And that whole tour, we had an amazing time and the dynamic didn't shift at all. And Kyle's place in it. Like he just, he uplifted everything kind of like, whether it was intentional or not, like what I said I wanted to do when I joined the band, like I just want to help people out. And he's just such a chill, good human being. And he's a great drummer. He's not as like Hulk smash as Brandon, but uh, he still hits really hard in his way. And he has like a really good groove. So like, that's the only thing that I think maybe on the next album when, with Kyle being there will be a little bit different. He wasn't on this album at all. He sang on some songs. Uh, so like, Strange Powers of Prophecy has five people singing on it. Save Us, that second verse, has all five of us singing on it, which has never happened. Um, so I think I answered your question there. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's it's interesting because, you know, I've made the comment plenty of times on, you know, I think in my chat with Brandon, you know, that it really wasn't until the Death Grip DVD that I, I, that we as the fans got to see that Brandon actually does as much as he does for the songwriting. Mm-hmm. That was the first time where he's coming in and he's showing, you know, here's this riff to Dan in the studio. Yeah. And you're like, what, what the fuck? The drummer can play guitar. Mm-hmm. And then you learn that Brandon basically writes, you know, as much as he had been. And that was really interesting. And, you know, I think a lot of times we don't get to see the inner workings of bands so often. So we don't really, we just assume, Oh, the, the singer probably writes all their lyrics or this person does this, or this is kind of the defined roles that we assume. Um, I think seven dust is a really great example where you have, you know, finding out that like when I found out LeJean doesn't write most of his lyrics and it's uh, Clint and Morgan, I, my mind was blown. But it's like, oh, but you have like you said, you have Morgan, who's a phenomenal drummer, amazing singer, amazing screamer, writes really great songs. Clint and everybody in that fucking band is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in any relationship, when there's more people, you need to kind of find what works. And if it's if mm-hmm. if you know, egos aside and all that kind of stuff. If everything's working, then that's just kind of what you need to do to make the best version of whatever that thing is with those people involved. So it was always kind of interesting from the death grip DVD forward where I was like, Oh wow, this is really interesting to see. This is how a Treyu's dynamic works in a songwriting sense. And then you kind of start being able to go back and kind of go, Oh, well, I wonder if this was kind of a Brandon song or how much of these songs Brandon had really been writing all along. So that's why when this whole thing happened, everyone's like, band's going to not sound the same. It's like, well, I guess you haven't done your homework because if you would have at least watched that DVD, you would know that really not much is going to change other than just a voice now not being a part of it. But all the familiar voices are 
still there and present uh, that you yeah, can and all Most of those same people didn't realize like how much my voice was there. Right. So it's really, I mean, it's with all due respect, it's not a massive, massive shift. And we yeah. wanted to create that feeling for people that, that, that knew that at least that was how our dynamic worked. And uh, once again, that was why we brought in Kyle as well, because we knew how well he worked with us. We knew how fluid he was. And it turns out, I only learned recently, Kyle's writes riffs too. So like, fuck yeah, man, bring it on. Let's hear this. Like, I'm excited to see where that goes. I didn't had had no clue he was such a songwriter <laughs> for Hell or High Water and that stuff and all the bands he's been in. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, can't wait to talk to Kyle eventually because he's done a lot of really interesting stuff. Um <clears throat> kind of shifting gears a little bit more to uh, the live stream. You know, that was one of the first times we got to see this iteration of the band playing live. Um, and I mean, you kind of already hit on one of the questions I would have asked, which was, you know, how much prep went into kind of taking care of your voice so that you were, you know, putting your, your best foot forward, but you, you kind of already said that you had taken some vocal lessons and so forth. Um, you know, it's now, I think, been known, especially those of us that follow you here on the Twitch thing, um, that basically beside performing the actual sets and, and rehearsing, you did, I think, all of the visuals, basically, that accompanied, that we saw on the background screens and that were being overlaid on during the, the presentation, correct? Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. Is that the first time you've embarked on something to that level, like basically creating literally the visuals that are accompanying a stage show? Yeah, I've never done that before because we've never a tour you had a video wall in like 2006 or something on a tour we did we were the first band to tour with one the video wall fun fact uh the video wall we got was like sting's video wall or something <laughs> in the fucking mtv music awards and then it went to us and we were the first band to have that and like no one was doing it at the time but it was like it was like microsoft paint like pixel art like live love burn die spinning or something you know it wasn't an actual like proper video and you know we've had it on like like we did a summer tour like mayhem or one of those tours had a video wall behind us and we just played the movie metropolis behind us the whole time or something but we'd never done proper production with that sort of stuff and so we were gearing up for carry the fire and we knew what we wanted to do and we knew we had this massive fucking video wall at this venue and then it came down to everything and it was like oh like that's really expensive <laughs> do that that guy is like gonna charge us a lot of money and it was a practice we were all like rehearsing for it we were deep in it and it was like a week and a half away or something <laughs> no, we, not even we had like a week and like like it needed to be done on sunday and it was like a, a tuesday or like monday something like that and so i'm like they're like, oh, management's like, who are we going to find? Like, do you know anybody? I'm like, I know this guy that could do it. I know this person that could do it. What about this? I'm like, but what happens on fucking Friday if we get it? And then I'm like, I hate it. <laughs> you have to change everything. I'm like, and this, that idea just popped into my brain. I'm like, oh, fuck. I can do it. And everybody's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, but <laughs> we're going to hate anything else anyone's going to do. And so then I spent... I correct from what I said when we were talking before this, that was the busiest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I woke up at like 6.30 a.m. every fucking day for five days, and I worked until I couldn't work anymore. And I was learning all the songs, rehearsing with everyone, doing the work that I had to do for my job, like my day job, uh, 
on top of that. So like, I just, it, that was the most I've ever had to do anything ever. And I don't know how to do that stuff. I just got the video wall size and I got uh, access to a stock footage site. Thank you very much, Tyler Troutman. And I just went for it, man. And I had like, uh, I've learned a lot about editing since, but I had my MacBook Pro that just couldn't handle it. And I, I guarantee like if I had the PC I have now, it would have been like half the time, but it was fun, man. And it was really fun to like listen to the songs and just make my own music video for 22 <laughs> fucking songs or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, man. I really, really enjoyed it. And I would happily do that again for tours or whatever version things we need to do. Is that something where you picking up ancillary work is, you know, that's, that's been kind of the fun thing too. Not so much for, for the hangs we try to do when you're on tour. Um, and you're like, Hey, I got to go like, you know, on the disrupt tour, it was like, Hey, I got like 10 minutes and then I got to go, you know, get ready for our set. And then it was, a. I would like to hang out, but I got to get ready to film circus set and then, mm -hmm. you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So I know you do a lot of um, digital marketing basically uh, for a lot of bands to use for social media as now the content is king. Is that something maybe you would like to start picking up more of is kind of doing and being kind of more of a visual uh, person for like to kind of create those things for other bands? Uh, I'm more than happy to do that sort of stuff for, most anyone that would reach out. I enjoyed working with Circa because I know Anthony Green, the singer, really well. I've known him for a while. And actually, in that was 2019 fucking time. Yeah. Uh, so spring of 2019, before Disrupt, I had the opportunity to be the photo and video guy for a band called The Sound of Animals Fighting. And they're a, like a super group kind of band with people from Seosin, people from uh, RX Bandit, Circuit Survive, um, all these bands. And I've been working with them for since 2004. I've been doing all like a lot of their album artwork, a lot of their press photos, a lot of their design stuff. Uh, and so my best friend, Charlie Adams, shout out to him for giving me my first job ever. And I'm still working with him literally today. He's the, the guy that I'm, we're building a company together. Um, he asked, was like, hey, do you want to do this for this role? He was their tour manager. I was like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, yeah, but I trust you. Mm. And you have a great eye. I'm like, all right. So I like went around here, uh, got my camera. I was like, let me just see if I can even do this. So I like filmed some stuff. Uh, I think I filmed like a walkthrough of our house explaining like the history and stuff of it. And then I was like, see if I could edit it together. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. And so then I toured and they fucking trusted me to do it. And every one of them was like, this is fucking amazing. Like you're, you have a great style of editing. You have a great storytelling ability. And I'm like, cool. But like, I think maybe because you understand music so much, like you're great at the pacing of it. I'm like, okay. Like I have no idea anything <laughs> about that. And so then uh, at some point, Anthony on that or later on was like, Hey, I'd love for you to film Circa this summer. We're on the same tour. I'm like, Yeah. So they were either directly after us or were. there was a band in between. So most times I would change out of my sweaty fucking clothes, uh, get into some shorts cause it was so hot and then go film Circa and do photos for them. And then like spend the rest of the night editing all night. So that was my entire like month long, month and a half long of that summer. And I, it's that, that's like the best of both worlds for me. That's like, getting to play a show and do that. And then immediately getting to be like 
photo creative. And then I actually do love editing. So uh, it was, it was really fun, man. And so, yeah, I would, I would love to do more of that sort of stuff. Like I did the new catastrophe video for us and I, I wrote and directed the long live music music video and I've had a hand in a lot of our music videos. Um, so, and even in the past, like my best friend, Sean Stegemeyer, dropping a lot of names of good people because I just love them and want them to get the respect they deserve. I'm not like, they're not like super famous people. I don't think, but uh, they should be because they're great. Anywho, backtrack on that statement. Um, he did like the theft. He did um, lip gloss and black. He did the crimson. He did doomsday. He did falling down. He did all these things. And so having your best friend as being a brilliant cinematographer, you learn a lot. And it also made me not want to do video ever because I'm like, he's way fucking better than I'll ever be. So, <laughs> but I, I realized once technology made it easier for me with, uh, you know, the camera I'm speaking to you through can do a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was easy for me to do it when I didn't have to rent like a hundred thousand dollar camera and all these fucking lenses and worry about lighting. It's like, Oh no, I have this one device and I already have the lenses cause I'm a photographer. So I just need to get this new body that has a 4k ability and I'm done. Right. So, you know, you talked about one of your passions being uh, playing in front of bands, obviously, or playing in front of fans, I should say, and then getting to do more of the creative of editing videos and so forth. Um, the live event, the live stream, I should say, was kind of interesting because it's the first time we'd seen you kind of take center stage outside of that European tour. I don't know if you actually did what you did on the live stream where you took over for certain songs like that. And had Kyle switch. Did you guys do that on that run too? So you kind of knew you could or no. Okay. That was a new thing. Um, the only thing like that we did on that European run is we had Brandon just go play drums for you get love a bad name. Okay. And Kyle just like <laughs> dance. He's like the uh, prodigy interpretive dancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a hype guy. Um, but like the mighty, mighty Boston's hype guy. Right. Um, so no, we had like, uh, I don't know where that idea came out. It might have been a Brandon idea. It's like, yo, you should just, because Kyle plays everything. So he's like, uh, why don't Kyle, you just play bass and Porter, you go sing. And I was like, that sounds fun. Like, I've, I've never done that. I've always had an, <clears throat> an instrument to hide behind hmm. when I did anything like that. So it was, uh, and I didn't like practice in the mirror or anything. I probably should have. But I didn't like, and we just, you know, at rehearsal, you don't really do any of the standard shit you would do on a, a show on rehearsal <laughs> besides play the songs. So like, you know, I went up there and just did it for, I did Bleeding Mascara and Battle Drums, I think. No, and Can't Happen Here. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no bass on Battle Drums. So Brandon and I just fucking Lincoln parked it. It's called Battle um, Drums, not Battle Bass. It's true. Uh, and so oh, there is, there is, but I think it's on, we just, it's very minimal. So I think we just had it on track. So yeah, man, I, I liked it. Uh, I think I grew into it as time went on. I, uh, I felt like I was a little bit nervous for, well, the first night was putting mascara, right? And yeah. the second event was, yeah. By the second one, I was a little bit cooler with it. I did some like dwarven hammer smashes and stuff. Uh, it, it was fun, yeah. man. And so I look, I look forward to doing more things like that. I look forward to, uh, you know, maybe songs that are like, there's no way I could fucking sing all that and play bass at the same time. Like those moments, I'm sure we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll do this more, you know? Um, Cause it's hard. Like earlier you said, like adjusting to new roles, I will say 
I will backtrack slightly for this. Like I have it way fucking harder than anyone else. Cause I have to like sing and do the shit that I'm used to doing and just blah, 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 farting about on the stage. Like having fun and entertaining and like having fun. Like now I have to like sit there and like learn and like sing and remember lyrics. And like, there's a fucking lot of lyrics in these songs, guys. I don't know if you ever realized that. So uh, yeah, that's a whole new thing for me. Well, that's like even going back to like lip gloss, like, I think if you had to try to play that and sing it, there's there's a, not a whole lot of breathing in that uh, during the verses. And so I can do that one. Lip gloss is fine. Well, right, but I think sometimes like if you if you're not the one doing it, then you kind of end up being like, oh, I guess I never realized how breathing patterns or things like that. Like you're not necessarily aware of it because it's not what you need to do for those songs. But um, I feel like Crimson, for instance, is going to be a nightmare. So I'm going to be like, Kyle. <laughs> come on down like whenever we have to tour again and play those songs like we get to tour again i should say when i guess it'll really kind of determine when touring starts and you guys start picking a, a set list maybe that differentiates the one uh that we saw live um but have you identified maybe differently with songs or certain songs now that you are the one singing more of them that's a good question, and I haven't really thought about it. Um, we talked about playing like Untitled Finale live. Mm. And so Brandon and I are kind of like wholesaling the parts, you know, like I'm like, because he's got a he's got a great screaming voice, as you'll hear on Baptize, and you've heard on Baptize. Mm-hmm. Um as well. It's just it's we have different roles in that. So I think in the majority of the longer parts I'll do. Uh, and the kind of in between and that, like I did some singing parts on X's and O's and parts too, which was really, really fun. Um, and honestly, like we just haven't had enough time to digest this new lineup. Like we rehearsed the fuck out of ourselves for that li- first live stream, but like it's different playing live versus practicing. And also like, I wouldn't count a live stream playing live. Like it's just weird. Like there's no one there. You just hear, you know, Brandon's wife, Ashley, be like, yes. And you're like, thanks, Ash. I'll get a drink real quick. Okay, we're starting. You know, because we had everything timed. It was super quick, if you guys remember. So, yep. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. No, I, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the new record. Um, I know that's kind of why, you know, we're doing this. Um, excuse me. Uh, one for me, one of the songs you've already talked about that I thought was really killer was uh, Weed. It just kind of is a really driving song. Um, it's kind of got a bit of a different vibe than I've really heard you guys do at up to this point. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that one? Maybe you know the the impetus for how that song came came about. I think it was simply that we wanted to write a really powerful driving song and do something that wasn't on the record yet. You know some of the albums end up like that. We are like, okay, we have 13 songs. Is this it? Like, what are we missing? Do we want to leave this? How many is this going to be like, ah, fuck. And so I think weed was definitely came out of that feeling of like, what do we need? And so we went for it, you know? And I love the fact that we named the song weed. Yeah. It's Brandon a good loves it too. Cause like when I, when I remember when looking at the, the switch, the, the lights, I'm not ignoring you. No, you're good. When uh, looking at the track listing, I was just like, weed and i was like what the fuck what is this song about and then like when it came That's on cool. i was like i was like god damn this is, a, this is a killer ass song really enjoy this and then i mean dead weight like i it's kind of tough because like i've been listening to the record and i've had it for shit 
uh, almost a month at this point, I think. So I forget, like, because I know, like, you're talking about catastrophe, and I'm like, wait, is that out? Is it not out? Like, you know, because we were joking about how I'm old. It's and not. I, okay, but like, I remember when you only got a single, maybe like, you know, going back to Deftones on a uh, their self-titled record, or I'm sorry for uh, Diamond Eyes, you only got Rocket Skates as a promotional single, and then. I think maybe they did um, Diamond Ice as the actual single. So you had two songs. Mm-hmm. And that was fucking it. And I remember even before that where you would get maybe one. And you're like, I hope that's yeah. good enough. So it's it's weird when you kind of have these rollouts. Like I kind of lose track, especially since I get a lot of records before everyone else. I'm like, wait, is, is that a new single? Is, is it out? I, I don't know. But like with Dead Weight, though, I'm surprised that wasn't a single. Um, I think it has... I think it has the a really good potential that it could have been a second or that's the single. smashest of the smash hits on the album to me. Yeah. That song is like fucked up good to me. Yeah. Like it's just I can't comprehend how that wasn't in Warrior's place. But that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. And Warrior has its great purpose too, you know. Well, I mean, the thing that was interesting about Dead Weight to me though is it kind of reminds me of the band Emery with how that band just put songs together that you don't think the parts will work and then somehow they do. And then they here just comes out of nowhere, this giant fucking chorus. And you're like, wow. All right, here we are. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how, how, who came up with any of that, but this is all really interesting and just creates really interesting, especially when, you know, as someone who listens to, you know, music and headphones and so forth and really pays attention to what's going on. There's just, really interesting textures and layers that get married to create to, mm-hmm. to create this really interesting song experience. And Thank so you. I'm, I'm really excited for people to hear dead weight, especially. And uh, I know Brandon's talked about it. Uh, I don't know if you have on this, but Jesus Christ is stay a fucking jam. Um, a I, I hope, I hope you guys will play that live when, when shows come back. Cause that is one that I can see being, probably like the the last i mean it won't be like the last song it'll be like the last song before the encore where you come out and then play lip gloss or whatever but like i could see that being you know the quote-unquote finale of a, of a set it's you know, just, a it's got the feels it does it's like i'm just it's in my head right now and i'm getting goosebumps like it's it's a good song man and uh for those of you that don't know our lord and savior dan jacobs has uh, has a bridge part in that his own vocal singing part where it's him and it was fun because like we knew that part demanded a different voice mm. and so i tried it and i sounded good to be honest like i enjoyed it i feel like i nailed the part and then we were just like damn why don't you try it too like like i said there's no egos in this band like like on the, in this in this shift so it's like if you want to sing fucking sing i don't care like if brandon sings the whole song i don't give a fuck like it's what lends to the song and it's what the song desires and demands and requires. So that part, we knew it was something different. So it was like, I tried it, like I said, and then Dan went in and, and Brandon and I just looked at each other. I was like, it's him. Like it's him <laughs> for sure. Got this like classic, like uh, almost fifties feel to the part, uh, like super laid back, like really interesting, like unique drum beat for that, for us, especially. And uh, it was just perfect for Dan. I can't wait for people to hear that. And then the chorus on that song is just like, are you going to break glass with this note you're hitting? (laughs) It's so good. I think, you know, it's, 
it's and I'm seeing the comments right now on the stream where everyone's like really exciting to to hear the new record and, and you guys will hear it soon enough. But it's uh it's one of those where I don't know if people know exactly how low uh Brandon's like because there's there's some like gutturals at times, and I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, who's doing that? And then I assume it's Brandon. Uh could be with the scream to me, like on underrated. Yeah, like the uh no, I think uh, try to remember what other song, but like there's a, a really low like Oh, kind of like a lower registered kind of one. Yeah. It, it sounds like a punch. Anything in. that's like really low and guttural like that is Brandon. Okay. And he's just, I mean, he's like three of me. He had just had more room <laughs> to channel that. His diaphragm is a lot larger. No, like literally this is not like, he's just a massive human being. Like his arms are literally three of mine. Like no matter how much I work out, like it's just, it's just how it is. So yeah, he those deeply guttural ones are his. Um, I want to address something you said earlier about, uh, you know, you get one or two songs before an album came out. Like we're we're the, from the same era as you, and we're used to that too. And like, I think in most times, like before, in our wake came out. I think we just had time is now, and in our wake, and then the album came out. Could be right. wrong with that. And yes. so like that's our standard too. But then we realized, and we saw people like um, nothing more like um Haley Williams and a lot of bands and especially with the I cannot stress enough like how weird this last year is especially being in a band and doing anything in the arts like we didn't know when to release an album we didn't know to wait we didn't know to put it out now soon we didn't know to, to hold on it till the world's normal like is the world ever going to be normal like there's so many things that we were like okay we need because of everything that happened we need to put out a song soon so we did and then because of everything that was happening in the world, we waited a little bit to put out Warrior more than we would have normally. But our intention was to give enough of like a like breadcrumb to, hey, we've got an album for people to follow, for people to hear about it, for people to like get excited, to spread, uh, to spread, you know, word of mouth to just all the different avenues to just really like give people like holy fuck that song's on there too they sound like this too what the fuck like the album is very diverse as we are very diverse and i think all of the people here for the most part know that like we are a band that challenges Ooh, piece of candy we are a band that challenges <laughs> ourselves and like to take you on a journey on that song and make you feel something on that song and make you want to fucking smash the wall on that song and, and we do that well and um you know we we intentionally knew that there was this new game you got to play where you got to release a lot of songs. That's a lot of quotes, but uh, you got to release a lot of songs before to keep people's attention. Right. But we also were like, I don't want you to get an album and you've heard six of the songs or whatever the amount will end up being like. And then like, you just feel like you have, you've already heard the whole thing and what's the fucking point of the album. So we're like, here's a 15 album song. Right. And like some people in our team and working with us were like, yo, this is too long. People don't have the attention spans for this. We're like, yeah, but our fans do, I think. And we like this. And the, also the point that I just said, I'm like, I want to feel like they're getting something. And some, you know, some people are like, well, let's split it into two albums. And I'm like, nah, let's just put it out as one. I'll go write another fucking album. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go record a whole nother album if that's what you're worried about. Like, I think this chunk, I bit my tongue on that. This song, this chunk of songs is who we are in this time period in our life. And I don't want to delay that coming out anymore. You know what I mean? So 
I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think uh, you know, I don't want to really necessarily. You heard it. Yeah, you I don't want to keep. I don't want bubbles burst. Yeah, I almost fucked up on Brandon's stream the other day uh, when he was talking about a song, and I, I was like, "Oh, are we talking about blah blah blah?" And you guys were like, "Shut up, shut up, no one knows." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Don't no, know. I think it's all hype. Like that's why I've I've kind of been alluding to certain moments on the record because I think it's all just getting people excited, and you know, and I think if like you give a shit about our band enough to join on this here Twitch stream with me and listen to this podcast, then like you deserve you deserve that piece of candy, you know. <laughs> well, I think like what's interesting is you know we we had talked on one of your streams and we'll kind of parlay this into talking about you you and Brandon doing Twitch here in a second. Um, but you had talked about previously um, some of the guests that just didn't work themselves. Uh, you know, actually, let me ask this question because it's the second time I've seen this this in the chat. I'm going to um, close the window. I'm listening. I can still hear you. Okay. So the question is, is fucked up a throwback to Doomsday? So cursed, so fucked up. No. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, I don't think – could you hear me on that? No? Yep, I could. Yep. Uh, I don't think any – that temperature's dropping here, guys. Uh, I don't think any song is necessarily a throwback to any other song on this, on this right. album. I could eat my words later, but off the top of my old brain cinema cells, uh, it's it's not it's not it's no threads like that. Um, the good question, question. Good yeah, question. the question I was going to ask though was, uh, uh, where was it going with the train of thought? Uh, you ran in Twitch. Um, uh, I think I lost my train of thought on that one. Streaming's hard, man. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> your, your, your mind and attention gets pulled so many ways. Well, I, I recognize that was the second time I'd seen <laughs> that question. So I was like, oh, let me get to that because everything else we've kind of addressed or I've answered uh, answered basically as, as things are going. Um, oh, that was where I was going. So, you know, we had talked on one of your live streams uh, once about, you know, oh, we were trying to get Jacoby for this this vocal uh, guest spot. We were trying, and that was how it basically, uh, you ended up doing the bridge of that one song because like you were trying to get so-and-so, you were trying to get so-and-so and things didn't work out. And you're like, hey, fuck it, let me try. Um, you know, this one's got some interesting guests. Ironically, I thought on stay, I was like, did, did you guys somehow like with Feldman or Travis or somebody in the fucking band, like get Gavin Rossdale? Because like I legit thought it was Gavin Rossdale at the very beginning of the song. And then I was like, it, it's not it brand. Cause I asked Brandon that already. And he's like, Nope, that's me. <laughs> that's interesting. But it sounded, that it sounded like different. Gavin for a minute. And I was like, like old school Bush kind of shit. And I was like, wow, holy shit. You motherfuckers oh. are just like calling in some big guns on this thing. But no, I mean, I just think that, uh, that goes to show the breadth of really showcasing Brandon's true vocal range, which, I think yeah. this is it's on full display on this record, and I'm really excited for everyone to to really get to hear it. Um, beyond salary on this one, <laughs> beyond salary. That, that work was that successful? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of speaking to you and Brandon, and, and kind of talking about what we're actually on. Um, you know, it feels like aside from kind of a rebirth of the band or a, whatever you want to call it that this is the first time I've really felt like the band has been accessible to the fans. And I'm not saying like you guys like at shows, don't make yourself accessible that you're, you're not accessible on, on other forms of social media, but I feel like you guys have really embraced coming on to a platform like this and really just connecting with your fans and not being afraid to, to be silly or whatever, and just kind of really connecting. Um, 
and and creating an online community and letting more people into your world literally and creatively. Um, I know we kind of talked about that earlier, but more to your Twitch channel, I'll say, you know, you have Art Wednesdays, which is what we're technically doing right now. And it's been really interesting to see you create not only the shirt you're wearing currently, uh, a trailer for an Atreyu music video. Uh, mm -hmm. You did, uh, was it Asuna? Is that the band's name? Mm -hmm. uh, you did, I think it was just a, a design or was it their album cover or something? We did a single cover for them and we did a t-shirt for them, which I got to fucking finish for y'all. I literally <laughs> I've just, oh God, this, anyways. Yep. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yep. So how has it been to have input into your art, which maybe was more of an insular thing for you? I know we kind of touched on that a little bit ago. I mean, it's been fun, like truly. And it's definitely been a thing that I did in the shadows. And I knew and I actively was wanting to get over that mm. and grow and open myself up to that. Like, I'm not really... I'm a very anxious ridden anxiety ridden. I should say I'm not anxious, but I have a lot of mental demons and hurdles that I have to get over to post something on the internet. And I don't like just to post a fucking image of a photo that I've taken on Instagram causes me so much stress and grief. Like it's, I cannot, but, but this doesn't like yeah. I enjoy talking. I enjoy interacting and I enjoy connecting in this way. And so I think that's why I've grown to love Twitch so much is just because of that fact. You know what I mean? Uh, like even to post today about this uh, podcast, I'm like, I have to write a caption. Like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm like, I don't need to do it. I'm like, oh, I got to do it. Oh, fuck. All right. Um, so Twitch has allowed me to open up in, in ways, be comfortable on camera, to be comfortable speaking at length about certain topics and certain issues to invite people into my creative worlds. Like I had been drawing for two years and hadn't shown anyone. I'd shown like my wife, Julia, I'd shown Brandon, I'd shown a, a couple close friends, but I like, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was worthwhile to show anyone. I didn't think I needed to share any of that with the world. Like it's, I'm like, there's, this is fun, but uh, it's not, it's not there. Like I don't, there's, it's missing something. And so I just never showed anyone and I never shared it. And everyone I'd show would be like, this is fucking awesome. It's like, just for those of you that have never seen it, it's just weird fucking lines. I do half of it, like closing my eyes. And then I expand upon that. Uh, and we've designed a coloring book together on this stream as well with, you know, you'll have my line drawings on one that are finished and then the original line. So you can draw yourself. That'll be done soon. Anyways, like, the fact that like people I think I have it. It's right here. Ah, funny. Nice one. Is that the <laughs> glass jaw record? Bad that's joke. a glass jaw record, huh? Yeah. That's nice. Um, Bad joke. No, it's a great joke. Uh, but the fact that like I did that, I shared it. People enjoyed it, had suggestions for it, saw different fun things in it, like uh, shared like, new roads that I could go down, like helped me see it in a different way. And then like on here we do um, followers choice Friday. So on Fridays I let y'all choose what we, we get up to and multiple times they've chosen for me to draw. And that fucks me up. Like that makes me <laughs> like, I just, I, I'm so fucking grateful for that and that people care. And then I like, 
I was so scared to show that to the world because I thought, why? And would people care? And is it worth it? And then people really enjoy it. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's made me a better artist. It's made me a better creator. It's, it's opened myself up to the world that in ways that I just never did before for fear or insecurity or whatever. But like, as we've discussed through therapy and just life and getting older, like, why, why would I hide myself? Why would I be afraid of fucking anything besides, you know, like plane crashes and shit? Like, but like, why, why, why exist like that? Why, why, why live in this shell afraid to speak out and to share yourself with the world? Like Brandon said something on his like Twitch birthday, 12 hour stream, uh, talking to someone, I think to young gun Colt. Um, and he was just saying like, he was excited for me to do this. So the world could see my wit. And I was like, mm. I'm witty. Like, he was excited for people to see this. What? Like, and that's just to hear that, to hear that I have this side that he didn't think people got to see that I didn't even know existed. I was like, Oh fuck. Cool. Thank you. You know, like, so I guess, I mean, it is worth sharing and it, you know, there've been an okay amount of people and I've made a lot of really, really fucking good friends through this thing we're doing here that are like, I consider actual friends, not like strangers on the internet. Like, <laughs> when we can hang out, we should hang out, people. I think that's been the interesting thing about this show for me, um, that, speaking to the podcast itself. It's one of those where I'm sometimes really surprised at just some of like the, the things that stay with me or the things I take away. Like, you know, I've I've kind of caught a little bit of shit uh, in the last month or so because I've, I've basically have, you know, had porn stars on. Um, and some people feel however they want to feel about that. Um, but the interesting thing about it was like, you know, we just posted the episode with Aaron, uh, Joanna, Aaron Thompson. He has a band. He's, uh, just got signed. His record's coming out uh, in summer. Cool. And so sex work is work, by the way, I will say, no, I have no problem I with absolutely that. agree. <laughs> but toward the end uh, of the chat, I kind of had seen, you know, through looking at Twitter, like right before we started talking, I had seen that, uh, bad baby or whatever that cash me outside girl is name, whatever her name is. Um, <laughs> no that basically she turned 18, like the week before started in only fans and then basically made a million dollars in like six, six hours. Um, and a lot of people were like up in arms about it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so I just kind of was making the comment to him. I was like, you know, do you feel that when you see quote unquote mainstream entertainment using only fans and some of those kind of things, do you feel like it either, actually gives credence to what you're doing and kind of makes sex work more mainstream and, and kind of takes the taboo away from it? Or do you think it kind of cheapens what you do? Because people are like, Oh, well, I just want to go and do, make the money, but I'm not, I don't want to like, you know, they don't put themselves in with what you actually do. And he said something really profound and I, and I've really thought about it since he said this, but he was like, you know, it's a tool and however you choose to use it, you know, tools are interesting. You give a, a someone a blowtorch and they can either make really beautiful art or they can make really amazing things with it, but give it to someone who doesn't know how to use it. And they mm -hmm. can not only hurt themselves, they can hurt others and they can destroy so much very quickly. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, holy fuck, that's so profound. I probably someone else could have said it to me, but it would have been one of those things where, I love the fact that he fucking that is, said a good, that is a good way to say it. I mean, a, a wood carver could be a mass murderer. Could be. 
But it was one of those things where, you know, as he was saying that, like, and I, and I love the fact that like, I'm glad I asked the weird question that I was like really on the fence about asking because it gave Always. me a, a really fucking awesome answer um, mm -hmm. that I, I hope people, it sticks with people in that same capacity. And that's something that I know, you know, through therapy and talking about, you know, things like that with my therapist. And, and I've shared these things with you and, and everyone kind of in the chat right now, you know, where I've just kind of said, you know, it comes to that where, you know, my big thing was, and I think we all do this, where we tend to assume the worst. And then you start coming up with all these hypothetical what if scenarios and nothing has even happened yet. Mm -hmm. But you've already come up with nine different possibilities of the things that are going to go wrong. Yep. And that's good for troubleshooting. But when you take it to the nth degree, it's not good. Uh, no, and actually kind life. of. Right. <laughs> and so that's been a thing that like I know I've struggled with in the podcast. And I feel like I've I've gotten better at it over the year. You know, the five or so years of doing this is being comfortable with with asking questions and being comfortable with divulging more of my own experiences i mean like you know i just did one a couple of days ago with stormy daniels and if you don't know who that is google but don't have take your your non-work safe for work thing put that on uh and then just get to the part but like you know she was involved with with trump and all that kind of stuff before he became president and i asked a question uh that related to him but like i thought it was very pertinent to the paranormal stuff we were talking about and it was the first time I've really even talked about some of the the things I've experienced in my life in that realm. And it was kind of daunting Go on. To, to, it was kind of daunting That's to me. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of daunting though, to bring it up. Cause like, you know, I shared a couple of experiences I've had and, and some experiences that like uh, friends and, and past uh, partners have had that, you know, they've shared with me. And it was really interesting to get someone who is you know as they say a medium and, and I'm, i was a bit skeptical but like i didn't poo poo on it at all like i just kind of was like let me ask questions let me see what your what your thing is about it was kind of the other dude that was in that he's a spiritual healer and he's figuring things out and i was like okay like i've never experienced that i don't have any any experience with that i don't know anyone that has so like that's a little bit cautious on my end but like through watching some of your art Wednesdays, like where you'll go to the bookshelf that's behind you for those who will end up watching this, you know, you pulled out some, some, uh, stuff, uh, from, I don't want to necessarily, I might be mislabeling it through like the occult or whatever. Um, you've had conversations, uh, you know, that kind of touch on some of those things and I find them to be interesting. And I think that that's kind of the fun part about getting older and living life is to kind of push yourself into different boundaries that maybe you don't know. And it's okay to not know, but you just be adventurous to learn and have a thirst mm -hmm. to learn. And I think that's the thing where we get, as, as a society, I think we get a little putting boundaries on where it's like, well, that's sex work and uh, sex is, you know, we do that behind closed doors. We, we, we don't talk about that. Um, and it's like, why? Isn't it, isn't it a great thing like to experience, you know, all kinds of different things with people or learn more about yourself? Like, why is that a bad thing? Yeah, that's very true. And uh, no, I, I, I like you're speaking about the occult and the strange things like that. Like I, that's my favorite conversation to have. I enjoy <laughs> that world. I enjoy getting weird with ghost stories and telling our experiences with, with Julia and myself that we've had across the world and, and, you know, my own experiences growing up in life and the weird shit that's happened to me, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole nother podcast for us. But, uh, and I think, I think honestly, like I, I have been in the past afraid to share that stuff 
in and amongst my band because I don't want, I don't know if my band feels that way about everything the same as I do. Right. Um, and it's not like you. it's polarizing. It's not like a div- division, divisive sort of topic, like fucking wearing a mask or T rump. But uh, like it's, uh, it's something that I enjoy and that it exists every every day so i i oftentimes it's it's legitimately a part of my everyday a lot of all of these things that the the weird and the paranormal and 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 you know the spiritual and the uh, esoteric and all that sort of stuff mm. um like and i usually will like begin that with a meditation comp you know and it's it's you can get in with that topic and then it can go out from there you know but that's that's my favorite world man <laughs> it's uh it's definitely interesting i'm uh interested to see how that episode goes over because uh it's it's not anything i've ever touched on so it's always fun when you do something when you have you know five years of just you talk to metal and hardcore band people and you're like yeah well not necessarily (laughs) um but you're you're good enough at interviewing humans yeah you don't have to limit yourself to just the rock and metal world like you have interesting questions and you come up with interesting ways to connect with people. So try, I think you'd be fine. And I think you are fine. I haven't, uh, I haven't watched the stormy one yet. You sent it to me, but yeah, I'm curious too, because I know literally nothing about her besides what everyone else knows, you know? Yeah. Um, something I kind of wanted to talk on. Cause I mean, it's, it's a part of the Twitch thing. It, uh, she has her own, uh, emote even, um, you know, we both got puppies roughly at the same time mm-hmm. this last year. Um, how was that experience for you? Cause like, I know when I got Frankie, uh, you were like, Oh, that kind of looks like a dog that we're thinking about getting or what kind of breed, you know, or, you know, Julie and I are looking at getting dogs. Um, obviously, you know, I know Julie and you both post a lot of, uh, <laughs> that's a good emote, uh, Prince of winners. Um, it's uh it's one of those where Can I laser gun? Sorry, I didn't I didn't uh, see anything I was talking about, but hi, hi and bye. I see you're leaving. Sorry. Um it's one of those things where I it was hard for me, um, because I had to put my dog down literally New Year's Day of twenty twenty, uh, that I'd mm-hmm. had for twelve years. And you know, I can make the joke now that it's like, oh, she knew that the year was gonna be shit, so she's like, Let me get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I can make that joke now. Uh not a shit year for dogs though. People are uh, more petting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I know when you guys laugh about that, no, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I can laugh about it now at the time. I definitely could not. Um, but you know, with you guys getting June, like, I feel like it's been kind of another connection between, you know, the, the I guess the four of us between my wife and, uh, myself and you and, uh, mm-hmm. Julia, um, how, how, I mean, I know you've been pretty vocal about it, but how have you found that to be since I think this is one of the first, you know, animals that you've really had like a dog, which requires a lot more attention than cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and is the first thing potentially that you and Julia, uh, have kind of co, I don't, I don't say Yeah. Basically. Say. Yep. How have you found um, that uh, experience to be overall and kind of what I, is, what is having a dog taught you? Cause I always think it find it interesting to hear for first time or maybe not first time dog owners, but when you own one kind of from a puppy, it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself. Yeah. I, I fucking love her. Like she is an amazing, amazing little beast. And you know, Julia is 
shout out Julia, the best fucking dog mom I've ever seen. Like she's taught that dog so much and she's so patient and she's so kind with her. And she's created our dog who was inherently, you know, kind and wonderful, but she's also, you know, given her the training and instilled those skills. Like she is, I just, I've had plenty of animals over the years. Um, we've had lots of, you know, I'd say maybe three or four dogs over the years growing up. One, when I was older, uh, who passed away in like 2006. So we haven't had a dog since then. Um, my sister had dogs, you know, we had like this one cat who, when I was like in fourth grade named Kitty or fifth grade named Kitty was very, you know, not the best name, but she was a little hoochie. She went all (laughs) around, uh, getting, uh, knocked up. So we had lots of litters of cats. Um, so I've been around a lot of animals, but I was a fucking stupid kid and you don't realize the like amount of responsibility it fully is you know so when getting june like straight up <laughs> people are going wild with june emotes, I, love it. <laughs> I, I straight up like could not have done it like i i don't understand how julia did it like it takes so much time and so much patience and so much research and learning and like she is the fucking queen of it truly and uh and i've said that to her many times like i wouldn't be able to have this dog because i i'm like the last year of me has been the busiest year of my life not only with the band stuff like i've just been nonstop working every fucking day um which is great but i just wouldn't have time to do it and so june is wonderful and she's a, a huge part of our life and is a really 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 kind and beautiful thing to have an existence. And, you know, she's taught me that level of love that you can't understand till you're like caring for a life. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously like Julie and I are married and we love each other very much, but it's just, it's a different type that you cannot read in a book or learn from, you know, whatever outside source. Like you just have to feel it and experience it. So she's beautiful, man. And I'm very, very grateful she's in our life. And she's just a wonderful thing to have around, you know, that, that like the lesson of unconditional love is something that we could all be reminded of often that your significant other, your partner, your best friend, whatever, like you need to love them unconditionally. Like people fuck up, things go bad, but like you got to love them through it and you got to support them through it. And love has very, very, uh, very, very varying terms. You know what I mean? And very different shades of love, I guess you could say. So she's fucking wonderful. Now we're just dealing with the month of having a new cat. (laughs) The cat is also wonderful and a sweetheart and very kind and very playful and curious and very fucking weird. June is so weird, by the way. And it's perfect for Julia and I. And so is Shadow, uh, the cat we adopted a month ago. But so now it's like there were emotions where it's like June just has so much fucking love and wants to tell this cat how much she loves her. But the cat's like, what the fuck? Like, you're so intense. And it's just a dog. Dog love doesn't equal cat love in the same way. And it's just uh, it's been a really interesting time where like it's we've been like multiple times. You know, you can see because of the dynamic and when Julia's or excuse me, when June's out and about like she just wants to find that cat. So like our relationship has been different now and we're hoping like once they can just be chill and like be in the same room, which they can now 
they've got, got a lot better. Like it's a lot, they can't like sit on the same bed and just be chill yet, but uh, it's getting there. And it, that also is a whole wonderful other type of love, you know? Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm again, Julia has never had cats. She's only mm-hmm. been around mean cats. So like for her to be, <laughs> you know, Julia will meditate in midday and the cat will just be there laying on her. And it's like the cutest fucking moments, you know? And they're and they're having wonderful times too. So it's uh, they, they I think uh, I briefly glanced and Julia said dogs teach you to be in the moment. They do, lot, which is true. And cats teach you that they do whatever the fuck they want, and their love isn't always unconditional and constant. You got to earn it. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different kind. Kind of is you know I'm gonna start wrapping this up because I don't want to completely take up your whole uh, your whole thing. And I have to go hang out with my wife here soon to watch our television shows. Um, you know, you, since I last talked to you, you've moved back home. How has that been? Because I feel like, you know, I, I in the last, I'll say, three four months, uh, roughly, like I've gone back home where I'm from in Delaware uh, for a funeral. And then I recently, like very recently, uh, on my way to go to uh, the Cubs game to see the Braves play, um, went and picked up my friend in uh, Kalamazoo where I grew up. And it was one of those things where I've kind of had this, as I was driving home late by myself uh, from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids, I had this kind of weird thought where, um, you know, I'd made a joke to my buddy that I went to the game with. I was like, oh, I wonder if I should call that this friend that's always like, oh, whenever you come back home, like, call me and i'm like dude i don't really ever go back home like i don't really have anything that makes me go home other than my parents or honestly chinese food there's a chinese food place down there that i always go to and randomly i'll just get up and go with bridget and go get some and then we come right back home um so it's one of those things where and maybe it's because and you'll probably understand this too where because i don't live in delaware i didn't necessarily grow up in kalamazoo i don't necessarily feel like i have a home like a defined place that's home, like just kind of wherever I am and where, uh, you know, Bridget is at this point, that's, that's my home. Um, but it was one of those things where while I was at my, uh, uncle's funeral, I remember thinking to myself like, wow, like other than my grandparents who are sitting in front of my, my parents, once they're gone, I really have no reason to come back quote unquote home. Yeah. And there's really nothing that makes me want to go back to Kalamazoo because that's not home. And it's one of those though, where I kind of was thinking about you in the sense that, you know, you've lived out in California to go to, to start initially to go to college. Uh, you've lived out in Germany when you lived with, uh, Julia back over there. And then now you're back literally home in the home that I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, that your grandfather builds. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you are probably one that can really tell an interesting story about being back home. Based yeah, on man, how your travels uh, and so forth. It's weird for me, uh, even still, because my entire adult life has been on the move. Even when I moved for college, like you never lived in the same place for long. You were in a dorm for this year, and then you go somewhere for the summer, then you go live somewhere else for a year, and then you and then I joined the band, and then I'm moving all the time. I think I lived like 13 places in 15 years in LA or something silly. Mm. Um, so I've only known moving, and then in you know, I lived in Germany for two years for like 2016 to 2018, end of 2018. Um, and then Julie and I were, were married and we were kind of figuring out what our next step is. And I have this house that my grandfather built. 
like you just said, in 1937, um, my family has lived here. Their entire my side of the family has lived here for, you know, my mom's lived here most of her life. We didn't live here growing up. Like I lived all around this kind of area. <laughs> Thank you, Fox, for the gift. That's very kind of you. Um, That's so, also one of my best friends, by the way, that he gives to that too. That's uh, Sarah. Oh, awesome. Actually, you met Sarah when we were in Vegas. She was uh, our friend oh, that yeah. we met out there. Nice. Hello again. Um, and yeah, congrats on the sub. Thanks, Fox. So uh, it was kind of a choice where like we were getting married. There's a longer part of the story that I'll just briefly fast forward over. We were about to move to LA. Uh, we were going to move into this, this place and help out a friend that I lived with for a few years. And then it kind of fell apart. And we had already had our sights set on moving to LA and the experience of America for Julia. And so we were like, look, we know our long-term goal eventually is to move here because we have this house. We have 150 acres of farmland. It's in the, was in the middle of nowhere. It's getting encroached with suburbs. Uh, excuse me. Um, Gentrification. <laughs> oh, the big fucking areas that are shit with all the same houses that look the same. Cul-de-sacs. Yeah, sure. But the, there's like a whole name for it. Why can't I think of it right now? Subdivisions. Subdivisions. Uh, just like copycat subdivisions. Thank you. Hope lost. I will do that. Good to see you. And so, uh, we were like, why don't we just move here? Like it's a little bit earlier in our plan, but why don't we plan a route? Why don't we enjoy this? Like it can be our hub. Um, you know, there's a stigma in this country and probably around the world of like, our culture doesn't really accept old people and they think it's fucking weak to move in with your parents. Uh, but I've lost my dad and I lost him and I was distant and we weren't together. And that makes me fucking sad when I lost him. And not only physically, but like emotionally, like we were just, there were a lot of years after I moved away where we just weren't as close as we should have been. And you know, that's on both our parts and that it is what it is. And I had to live with that and face that. And my mom is 40 years older than me. She is, you know, in great health at the time when we moved and we, I wanted to be there, plant this route with her here and have our family be more together and spend this time with her when she was well. And then also be there for her when she was sick. Fuck in 2020, man, in the last fall, she got really sick and we had to deal with it. And if we hadn't been here, I don't know what she would have done. And honestly, if Julia hadn't been here, I don't know what we would have done. Like, I had to go do fucking music videos and uh, uh, photo shoots and like film the carry the fire stuff. And Julie was here and like took my mom to her appointments, like took care of the house, like took care of everything, you know, and we were just very lucky to be here in that time period. And like, I love this place. I love this home. I love the history we have here. And I've thought about the same thing you just said, like, may not be soon, but when my mom passes, when my aunt passes, there's nothing connected here to us anymore besides this home. But like, we could sell this and we could move anywhere. And also to clarify, like, we didn't move back home because we couldn't fucking hack it in this existence. Like, we could have moved in <laughs> where we wanted to. Like, it's not, it's not like a regression type thing for me. It was a progression. And it made sense for us to reconnect to this place. And I talked to my sister. My sister lives in California. She's a teacher. She has a husband and, and a wonderful... Uh, my, my niece, she has a daughter that's 
12, 13, 11. Fuck. Math. Real quick. <laughs> uh, she's, she's get the age where she's starting to hate her parents. Um, 13 I'm sounds sure. like. I'm sure she's getting close to it. She's in like sixth grade. Um, so I'm like, I said, honestly to her, I'm like, do you even like Alabama? Like you clearly have a thing, good thing going here. You've been here since, and we were in California. I said this like since 1995 or something, she moved to California. Like, do you ever want to go back? And she's like, I don't know, but I think I would be sad if it was gone. And I don't know if I want to live like on this property. Cause my aunt lives, uh, half a mile down that way in a house that was built in 1906 with land or with heart pine that fell on this land in the 1904 hurricanes. So like, this is our fucking family, man, you know, but it's also, it's like, does it have to be, do I like Alabama? There are a lot of fucking hurricanes here. Not great <laughs> sometimes, you know, but like, and so I've had to have that heart to heart with myself and my family and this lineage and, and what we want. And ultimately like, I fucking love this place. Like this is a beautiful home. It's built like a fucking fortress. Uh, like shout out to my grandpa and my grandma. Um, and I don't know, like we're renov- currently renovating the attic. So, um, you know, it's kind of 1937, half of the house I'm currently in it. And then that is, they did an extension in the sixties, which was still really well built. And then, so that side up top in the attic is like, it's just another fucking house up there. It's wild. So, Julie's going to have that side as an office space and I'll have this side as an office space. And you'll see that on Twitch and probably this summer. Um, And it's just fucking awesome to have this route, to have this place and to have this history with it. Like I think about it often, like no one's ever lived and died here, but my family, unless there's some sort of like native American type thing that we don't know about, but uh, it's a beautiful thing to think about that, you know, like, And it's a beautiful thing to be here with my mom and to be here with our history and to like learn the ways of this fucking house with her. Cause there's 150 acres of land and we're on like a, maybe a 10 acre plot of it here. And there's just a fucking silly amount of trees here. Like the sheer yard work here. Like it's a (laughs) full-time job. Like it's, it's genuinely a full-time job. Like if I could somehow pay myself to do my own yard work, I would live well. But we don't, we don't, we do it all ourselves. My fucking mom is out there, uh, uh, doing yard work all day while I'm working, and I like helped her in a little bit, drag stuff out to the burn pile, and you know, it's it it is a beautiful thing, and it doesn't come without its struggles. Like I have to note, and I have to appreciate Julia's sacrifice to come here. Like she left everything she's ever known, her family, her friends, her country, her language everything and she came here to be a part of mine and start our own and it's a beautiful fucking thing and it hasn't been easy during a pandemic like she hasn't seen her fucking family in two years you know like it's been tough and it's you know there's moments where you're like i don't want to fucking talk to you mom (laughs) she's still it's not like it's every day is fucking sunshine and rainbows like it's still like you fight with your parents and you get annoyed by them or whatever but it's it's a beautiful thing we have here and you know, June and shadow and has only brought us together and it's, it is a beautiful time and it's a beautiful place. And I'm honestly like so grateful to have this place, you know, I think the two things in that, that were really interesting to me is I feel like maybe you can appreciate the history and longevity of the property that you have because 
I mean, say what you want about America, but we haven't been around that long. We don't yeah. have much history. You lived over in Germany where they value their history. They preserve buildings as much as they can. They don't tear them down to make them look new again or completely do over them. So maybe you have a little bit more of an appreciation for that, having spent the time over there and now coming back home and kind of doing the same thing. I definitely do. That's something that I like marveled at daily is the age of, of, of everyone. The first time I went to Europe, I'm like, these fucking cobblestones are older in my dumbass country. Like, <laughs> like you just have to, it just blows your mind. Um, and yeah, we definitely do. And you know, we get opportunities daily to sell the land out here and we are not, we come from a farming family. We are not a rich family. I just want to be clear with that. Um, but there's a lot of fucking land here. And like I said, everything is encroaching. Civilization's encroaching. And they offer us a lot of money to want to sell it. And we're like, no, like, I don't want to put another fucking subdivision up here. I don't want to put another fucking storage place or auto mechanic or whatever. Like, and I don't know if this will ever happen because you just never know. But if I had it my way and I had an investor right now, I want to create a space out there that uplifts and builds this community and is not just, you know, a massive big box grocery store with like a strip mall, you know, or whatever it could be or a subdivision or something. I want to create like Julie and I have a lot of plans to and ideas with some of our friends as well to create like a, an artistic hub and like a little bit like European village kind of thing with integrated with like work live spaces and create a little like different yeah. section for artists to, to have like low cost. Um, yeah. A Walmart Fox. Uh, like low cost, uh, low cost housing, and have like their workspace nearby, and have like a little bakery, and have like a little like, like a, a little restaurant that has enough land because there's a fucking lot of it that they could grow their own crops on site, and then you could have like these little houses that intertwine, and everything could be walking and kind of uplifting, and a place you know there's a big barn that you can have concerts or weddings or whatever, and Julia has a yoga studio, and like you know that's the like. That would be the fucking dream. It's everything costs money and I would love for that to happen. And there, we have talks with people and we have talks with people that know that world. So it's, that's the idea. And that's the goal. It's just, I, I'm in a band too. It's in <laughs> California. And you know, I'd go I stream fucking 20 hours a week and uh, I have a full-time job. So we're working on it, man. And there's a, that's the exciting part about the route. And that's the exciting part about whenever we, you know, have to walk June all the time because she's a dog and has to pee. We get to enjoy this beautiful land and yard and we get to see it and appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. Hmm. I have not, uh, but I know there's a lot of places like that. I need to find some local Mennonites. Funny enough, <laughs> I'm going to film Mennonites in a week and a half. So, uh, as much as they'll let you film, you know, obviously it won't be on camera. But anyways, that what you and Brandon are doing? No, I'm a I'm I'm getting my second shot of the vaccine on mm. Monday with Julia and I are going, and then my best friend Charlie, who I've brought up, and my best friend Sean, who I've brought up, we're all going on a job in Arkansas and going to different farms and creating this like kind of what you said, like social media. I don't you had a word for it that I don't remember, but like social media content sort of visuals for this company that's a, a really, really interesting farming like 
three branches of a farming. I don't want to get into it, but they're really big into regenerative agriculture and treating the animals with respect. And that's this whole symbiosis. It's actually like a really fucking beautiful thing, especially for someone that doesn't eat a lot of animal products. It's tough for me <laughs> to digest uh, working with this, but they really give a fuck. So it's going to be fun. So I feel like this is a good place to end, but I do want to talk about one more topic. Uh, that has been interesting fine, to, uh, to you and I, um, because I believe you and I had one of your last nights going out and drinking. <laughs> We're in Fort Wayne. And I think you said, yeah, I think you had texted me a day or two after that stop in Fort Wayne on the ice nine kills tour. You're like, I think I'm done drinking <laughs> for a while. Was that, was that, did something happen on that tour that made me like, I'm a fucking, well, first, first and foremost, oh, I, I think making fucking craft cocktails every day for us didn't help. Yeah. It, it, it helped. He was great. And they were amazing. Yeah. It also yes. like drunk button every night. Yeah. Um, but I know we went out after because that was the night of the New York, uh, New York sour with the cab floated. Uh, that was that night. And those those were super delicious. Although I do think actually you said maybe you had drank afterward because uh, I know the bottles and beers I, I gifted so, to the tour. I know you guys said you were saving that because you no, enjoyed we, the, the cherry whiskey and the uh, we still drank. We still I did. I very much did. And I'm still grateful for those. Um, <laughs> we still drank the rest of that tour. I would we would casually drink over the holidays and then we did ship rocked. Um, mm. I wasn't, excuse me. We honestly didn't drink that much, but the first show night was pretty drunk and the, the boat was moving. So that didn't help things. Uh, and then I just like Julie and I both at the same time, were just kind of like, why do we do this? Like, and we've been getting over it for a while. Like why do, why does one beer make me have a shit three days afterwards? Like, this isn't worth it. Like, <laughs> and also I just feel like, like chunky and extra when you're that. And like, you drink too much and like you make poor decisions with eating and whatever. Like we just, the, the, the pros, the, the cons, like they just didn't. And like, we were just kind of trying it as an experiment. Like, let's just stop drinking for a bit and see what happens. And then like, I just don't want to drink. Like if I, and I'm and it, like, I, like I, to be clear, it wasn't for like a problem. No, no, no. We weren't like raging alcoholics, or it never became to a point where I couldn't function as a human. Um, thankfully, you know, I'm, that's just not really in my personality. But I just feel so much better, and there's so much more clarity, and there's so much more energy, and there's so much more to existence when you don't. And I still love the taste of it. Like whenever I'm out with friends, when you could be like, we would, I would take sips of their wine and like, yo, can I try that? Or have a sip of the beer, or like whatever it might be. I would still do that. And it's not like I will never not drink again. Like I'm sure there's a ceremony, like a wedding ceremony. I'm going to want to cheers to. And like, you know, like uh, we went out to Julia's birthday in 2019, uh, you know, almost a year into it. And like, we went to this restaurant called wild ear. That's fucking shout out wild ear. They're the best place I've ever been. And they like, just cause their sweethearts poured us some wine. We were like, all right. Like you can't not like it, we had like, you know, a glass and a half and it was amazing. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I just don't need it, you know? And like, it's not something that I feel like betters me or benefits my life in any way. So it's just funny. I was talking to my dad one day and he kind of, as they sometimes do give you pieces of information. And you're just like, well, it's kind of never thought about that, but it was, uh, it was like, Oh, what do you, you know, 
what do you want to do with your platform? And I was like, me, my platform. And it's like, I know people listen. Like I see that. And it just became one of those things where I realized, you know, with the podcast, we would like Scott Stapp ceremoniously. Uh, we make fun of it for turning us down. Cause he's like, well, I'm, I'm sober. So I'm not going to go on a podcast that talks about that. And it's like, uh, yeah, we don't really talk about it to the, with the guest, unless it really is applicable. Like, you know, with Danny, AKA Amigo the devil, that was kind of an interesting way for me to get in and, and have a cool conversation with him about music was, you know, finding out he was, uh, worked in, you know, kitchens and so forth. And, you know, was a, not, I don't necessarily know a sous chef, but, you know, definitely had that experience and also was worked for breweries and so forth. So it was a thing where I'm like, Oh, we can parlay these two worlds into the music realm and kind of talk yeah. about music that way. And it was just kind of a fun thing to do. But by and large, I do not talk about that with with whoever I'm talking to. And then I just kind of realized, like, for as much jokes as we made, or it's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, Scott Stapp won't do our show because, you know, God forbid you talk to somebody and have a good time. and But their show talks about drinking or whatever. Like, it's going to make you relapse. Um, probably shouldn't play shows at venues that sell alcohol. Like, just stick to yeah, BMW I mean, halls. Look at, look at Travis for yeah. this conversation. I mean, you had Travis on here, of course, but, like, he he's – Still, I mean, I think once you become an alcoholic, you could perpetually struggle. Yeah. But he like, he never put that burden on anyone else, and it was his it was his battle. He he like we would for a while when we you know started touring again when he came when he came back to the fold like we would kind of just out of respect do it off on the side. He was just like, guys, it's fine. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna ruin your life. And so yeah. I, I think that that's silly to make people be anything that they don't want to be. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just been interesting. But then after having that conversation with my dad, I was like, you know, maybe maybe my approach should be to also have the other conversation where it's like, yeah, we might talk about beer, we might talk about whatever. Um, but then we also talk about sobriety. Because I yeah. feel like maybe that's the maybe hearing somebody else that you look up to in a band that you love talk about how they just, you know, like, you know, we're posting the episode next uh this upcoming week with Mark from Periphery. And that was something I had talked to him about for a little bit toward the end. Um, and he, again, kind of made a really interesting point where he's like, it wasn't that it was a problem necessarily. He goes, but we live these, we live our lives. A lot of us in this, this in between where it's like, I'm going to drink because I had a good day. We're celebrating. I had a bad day. So I'm going to drink. Mm hmm. And there's really no middle ground. You're just kind of stuck in this this pattern between the two, and yeah, you're running away from something in there. Something in either either direction. Right. And like people I've lived with that were like, "I just need a nightcap after today." I'm like, "Really? Yeah, okay." So it's one of those things to me where I I feel like you know my thing is trying to be a little more understanding uh, of the platform yeah. I potentially have and and letting people hear both sides um, and making a decision based on whatever, maybe take it as a sign, take it as whatever. Maybe you find that episode. Um, and, uh, yes, get figgy with it. 87. This is uh, being recorded on my end and this will probably up, go up. Uh, it'll stay up live. If you go to brutally speaking, YouTube, um, okay. channel, it'll be there. Uh, otherwise it'll be out as an audio podcast, uh, probably in three, four weeks. Um, nice. So uh, I want to say, I want to clarify as well. Like, I don't think there's a problem with drinking. I don't think there's a problem with like, you know, within reason, most sort of mind altering substances. I just think there's personally, I think there's an issue when you're running away from something because of them. 
And you're yeah. using, I should, I should use it as, I should say, you're using it as an escape yes. from something that you're dealing with that you're not, afraid, you're not ready to face or not willing to face or whatever. Like who doesn't love a drink to relax? Who doesn't love, like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with drinking. I think it's just, you know, we all cross a line where boundaries come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a lot of fun. I always uh, enjoy chatting with you uh, and this is fun actually getting yeah, to do it uh, at length. Um, I've always appreciated that when we do these now, every, every time, all three times uh, you've not given me a hard cap. Uh, you know, you always make the time to, to talk and uh, I always appreciate that. And then even beyond what we're doing now for the podcast, just your friendship, uh, you and Julia's, um, you guys have been great friends uh, to me and my wife, and uh, I always value your time. So thank you very much for, for doing this. Uh, everyone who's watching or will watch, um, I've enjoyed getting to know all of you here in the Twitch stream and those that may see this on uh, my, my socials and channels. I hope you come over uh, and join Porter's Twitch channel mm -hmm. uh, and Brandon and Julia and Ash's as well. Uh, what mm -hmm. they're doing is kind of cultivating a very awesome community between the four of them and, and kind of bringing in more people as, as time goes. So I've uh, very much been looking forward to doing this uh, and I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to things kind of getting back to normal. Uh, and at the very least, I'm almost tempted to when I go to Al or Alabama, when I go to Atlanta next, uh, just making the trek down and being like, hey, let's meet halfway so we can at least like see each other in person because it's been too long. Yeah, man. I, uh, I always enjoy these two. Uh, I really do. And I mean, I'm happy to just go pee and continue because I always enjoy these conversations with you. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for always, you know, trying to get above scratch below the surface or above the surface, however you want to say it. I get tired after talking for this long continuously. I think this is like, but something that this last year has made us realize that like being social is a fucking, it's takes stamina. Like it's a muscle. You got to work. You know, like I could take a nap. <laughs> I think that's the, I anyone for a while. I think that's been the one thing for me that I realized that was a gift about this podcast that I I didn't realize at the time was everyone's stationary. So a lot I got a lot more opportunities to talk to a lot of different people. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten to have the conversation I did with like Jesse Leach or Jesse from Misery Signals um, mm -hmm. if we weren't in this pandemic. Um but I realized I was in a, un a unique position where a lot of people were isolated away from social interactions. I was having more than I was used to having. And so the social aspect of my life never really kind of went away. Um, yeah. And I realized I was in a very unique position as a result of that. Um, so I have been very thankful uh, that this was a thing I chose to do five, almost five years ago or over five years ago. And that I decided to DM you on Twitter and be like, Hey, you want to come talk about your like photography and stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. I remember I still, anytime I see Sturgill Simpson, I always think of you and, and texting me because you and I were going on about Sturgill Simpson. And I was going on about at the time, uh, a lesser known, uh, uh, Chris Stapleton. And so mm -hmm. we were both kind of connecting over various music and Anderson Park and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So it was, uh, one of those, like, I still sometimes think back to that where I was just like, my wife's like, Who you, who's texting you? Like while we're grocery <laughs> shopping, I was like, Porter, I think we just became best friends. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. So it was, uh, it was definitely fun getting to do this because basically you're almost like that benchmark of like, 
this was kind of the beginning of the podcast. And every time I get to talk to you, it's sort of like kind of a checking in point for, for sure. where the show's gone. Uh, very much yeah. as it is for you with, you know, another record and so forth. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of it, man. It has uh, definitely been an interesting year for that. And I think uh, just to quickly touch on that thing you said, like the beginning of the pandemic for me and Julia was like, we were stuck at my sister's with her family. So we were not lonely. You know, we had lots of people around all the time. And then we got back here and we had this time in the middle of nowhere to enjoy something that we never really get to do, which is just fucking staying somewhere for a while. Right. You know, and then eventually I had to go to California and film that stuff. And then I drove back uh, and then, you know, we had a little bit of time here and then I drove back for, for uh, carry the fire stuff. And I came back and started doing this Twitch stuff. So like I never really thought about it, but, I haven't really been alone this year either. I used to see so many of my friends will be having like couples dates and dinner dates. And I'm just like, I've never once felt the need to do that. You know, like every day I'm talking to Charlie, my best friend when we're working. And so it's like, I've had all this stuff and I didn't <laughs> ever thought about it that way. Like I'm sure it was a lot lonelier for some people in this situation. And I think you and I, based on what you said and, and based on my reflection just there, I've been, I'm very grateful for how this whole community and this whole world. And, you know, we're very lucky. Yeah. Well, again, thanks. And uh, looking forward to catching the art that you're going to do potentially after this and see where it goes. So that was my conversation with Porter McKnight of Atreyu. Again, their upcoming album baptize is out June 4th via spine farm records. This is a really special conversation. Uh, I won't even call it an interview. Uh, I mean, at this point I've known Porter almost as long as the podcast has been going and it just felt like a, a continuation of a conversation that we are always evolving with. Um, I liken it to some of my best friends that I don't get to see very often, where a definite amount of time has gone by. However, it feels like no time has gone by because you're able to just kind of pick back up and, and fall into your natural rhythms of communication. Um, so with Porter and I, like this just kind of felt like that. Like this, the, I even when listening back to it a little bit, like the tone of this felt different. Um, and it's not just because there were people present watching it in real time, which was also interesting because as someone who typically doesn't get a whole lot of feedback uh, about the show or the guests or anything like that, it was really kind of interesting to be able to literally look over at a, a secondary screen and see comments coming in throughout the entirety of our conversation. Um, I mean, I think one of the, the more shocking ones was like the next day or the next time I was on Porter's Twitch thing, like not on it, but watching uh, someone was like, oh, I could have watched another five hours. And it was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I don't get that kind of feedback. So to hear someone, several people actually just commend uh, the willingness to be open in front of so many people, basically in real time and potentially those that listen to it, you know, now was kind of really interesting and is one of those for me where I am thankful of uh, Porter bringing me onto his platform, basically to, to kind of showcase what we do over here. And I'm hoping now to reciprocate that. I hope people go to his Twitch, go watch the video, and maybe, you know, you don't want to watch the full five and a half hours or so that we we didn't post, but um, maybe you're into, you're a graphic design person. Maybe you like art. Maybe you like playing games. Like, there's a, a plethora of things that happen on the Twitch channel uh, of Porter and Julia, his wife's. And it's just a great community. Like I, I find myself really thankful that I, I get to hang out with these people digitally. And in some cases, like, you know, like last night I was watching West Borland's Twitch stream uh, for the Zebra Space World podcast thing. And I saw a couple people in it 
And I was like, holy shit, hey, what are you doing in here? And it's like one of those like where it almost feels like you're at a random bar that like you kind of go to, but then you see someone else there and you're like, oh shit, what are you doing here? So it, it's just kind of interesting like to, to kind of create this digital community of sorts. And uh, I'm looking forward to when shows and such start opening back up and happening that potentially uh, maybe I'll get to meet some of these people as well uh, in person. Um Kind of wrapping things up, because I know this is a longer episode, uh, I strongly urge you, if you are remotely interested in this and where we try, where we basically cut it off, um, like I said, there is plenty more where that came from, and I strongly urge you to go over there, twitch.tv slash Porter McKnight. Uh, if you would like to keep up with the Treyu, it's a Treyu official on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Porter, it's Instagram and Twitter at Porter McKnight. And if you would like to give me some feedback, you can email me. Brutally speaking at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're able to do that at. I uh, want to thank our sponsors once again for their continued support, rockabilia.com. Uh, go back, check out the episode I did with Frankie last week. If you haven't, uh, that was a lot of fun. You head on over to rockabilia.com, use our code BREW, and you'll get 10% off your total purchase order. On Point Palmade, use our code BSP15 and take 15% off your total purchase order. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. And last but not least, The Bean Bastard. Head on over to thebeanbastard.com get you some delicious coffee a lot of new blends are kind of getting ready to come out and for the brutally speaking podcast i'm john and we'll talk to you all next week where our guest is chauncey johnson and if you don't know who the fuck that is you about to find out so we will see you then have a good week